seen as very trustworthy. When Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he was contrasting himself with the reputation of of many of the shepherds of the day, which were not considered good shepherds. In fact, rabbinic sources are quoted as saying this, and I quote, Most of the time, shepherds were dishonest and thieving. They led their herd onto other people's land and pilfered the produce of the land. So you can get the picture here. These, These shepherds are out at night. Everybody else is sleeping. So they're walking by your field, and the, the shepherd says, hey, there's a quick snack for my sheep, and, and leads them through the corner of your field. And so they were seen as sheep that were trespassing and going on other people's land and property. And this was the reputation of the sheep. The, Mish, the Midrash, which is an ancient Hebrew uh, commentary, says there is no more disreputable occupation than that of a shepherd. In fact, we know that Jewish oral law forbade people to buy milk and wool from shepherds because they feared it had been somehow stolen. A shepherd's testimony was not, would not stand up in a court of law. So, so I come back to the question, why shepherds? Why shepherds? I want to give you four thoughts, just four possibilities, and I'm going to share these in the progression of of how I'd like to focus on them. The first one I give very little credence to. One of the thoughts was why they were the ones that got contacted was simply because they were there. It says the shepherds were out in their fields keeping watch over their flock by night. They were awake. These guys were awake. They were near Bethlehem. We know that shepherds were out and around there. So one thing would be that they were just in the right place at the right time. Kind of like the shepherds came down and said, oh, here's some shepherds, let's sing to them. Uh, Most, very few people give much credence to that kind of interpretation, so we'll just move on from that one. Another one that's very intriguing, uh, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I, I think this is what exactly happened, but it is a possibility, and that is that, that these shepherds were actually temple shepherds. We know that there was a specific group of shepherds that were, that, whose job was to, to raise up sheep for sacrificing in the temple. And we know this to be a fact. We know that they were located near Bethlehem. And there is a possibility that these were uh, temple shepherds. In fact, even more intriguing in this theory, there's a place called Magdal Edar, which is, or in English it's called, another word is the Tower of the Flock. And what this was, was it was a special place. We know this existed. It was outside of Bethlehem. And it was a, it was a place for the temple shepherds to bring the sheep when they were about to lamb. And in this building, there were many, many mangers. And interesting, we historically, we even, we even have quotes written that these young lambs, when they were born, it says... To protect them, it says they were wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. So some feel that Jesus Christ and Mary and Joseph may have been at this place and that Jesus Christ was actually laid in a manger for the sacrificial lambs, which would be sacrificed in the temple, which is a very intriguing sort of idea. It's a possibility. I don't know that that's exactly what happened, so I am not going to stand on that. But it's an interesting thought. 
certainly the analogy of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, and being born in a, in a manger is something that God connected there in that event. Here's a third uh, reason why, and this is kind of the one that you've probably heard the most. I have, I've really shared this one a number of times, and that is that shepherds represented just the common, everyday, even less reputable kind of person that Jesus Christ came for people like shepherds. And so, you know, they, they, they represented the less fortunate in the culture. This point has been made. You've probably heard this in the story. Jesus came for outcasts. He came for people of no reputation. He came for sinners. And we know that the elite were those least likely to respond to Christ. And so it would make sense that Jesus would invite these shepherds because these are the kind of people that he came for. There's much we could say about that, but I'm, I'm not going to focus on that one this morning because I, I want to focus on a different one this morning. And the reason I'd, I'd like to have you think about with me for just a few minutes here is this, that Jesus, the reason he came and invited shepherds was because he came as a shepherd. Because he came as a shepherd. Let me just read to you a couple of the prophecies in the Old Testament. This is from Micah 4, beginning with verse 2. Many nations will come and say, Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord in the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. They will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So we see here that this ruler is, is being promised, jumping over to chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem, Epiphrath, though you are small among the clans, one of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. And he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. So we begin to see this analogy in the Old Testament that this Messiah who was coming was going to be a shepherd. He was going to be a shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And so we see this analogy. Even more powerful is in the New Testament when Jesus comes. Listen to what he says about himself in John 10. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. I am the good shepherd. 
and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, and I must bring them also, and they too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And those other sheep are many of you. I don't think for a moment that the shepherds were chosen because they were simply there. The imagery of Jesus being sacrificed as a sacrificial lamb in the tower of the flock is an intriguing thought. I don't know if that's what happened or not. We do know that Christ came for the lowly. But what I want to share is in, in these final moments this morning is that he came, and I think he called shepherds because he came to be a shepherd. You see, he came not only to save those shepherds, but he came to be a shepherd. And that is his ministry. And Jesus says, you know, we, we, we see that he called shepherds because he was in many ways going to be like those shepherds. In his role as a shepherd, he would not become rich. In fact, he would die without a penny to his name. In his role as a shepherd, it would not make him popular at all. In his role as a, as a shepherd, it would not give him a place to lay his head. In fact, literally speaking, Jesus was homeless. Do you know that? Jesus was homeless. He, he never owned a home. He just went from place to place where he could find a place. And so, in his role as shepherd, as the good shepherd, it would not be safe. Being a shepherd was not a safe occupation. It would not be safe Jesus. It would cost him his life. And so, there is only one reason. There was only one reason you would ever want to be a shepherd. You know what that reason is? The only good reason to be a shepherd was because you love sheep. There's no other good reason to be a shepherd other than the fact that you love sheep. And he, as we read, he loves the sheep. The Bible makes it very clear that you and I are the sheep that Jesus came to shepherd. We all know that being called sheep is not a positive thing, right? I mean, when, when, have you, when is the last time you heard of an athletic team called the sheep? I mean, we have the Jaguars and the Wolverines and, and the Badgers and, and, you know, even gophers. But not sheep. No one wants to be called sheep. And I know about sheep. I grew up around sheep. My grandfather's farm was five minutes from my house. I spent many, many days. I know about sheep. And, and sheep, are, sheep are stupid. <laughs> they are. They, 
They will repeat the same stupid thing day after day. They'll do something stupid and they'll go back two days later and do the same thing over again. Time after time. They, they always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. My grandfather spent hours and hours fixing the fence where the sheep were, sheep were trying to get out because they always thought things looked better somewhere else. Sound familiar? If I could just have that, if I could just have that, I, I would be happier. And, and they will follow other sheep wherever they go. There would be one or two sheep, and the rest of the flock would go wherever they go. No matter how stupid it was, they would follow them. That's what sheep were like. Stubborn. They were so stubborn and helpless. You know, a sheep would lay down on a little dip in the ground and get on its back. It could not get up. If my grandfather would not go and help that sheep up, it would lay there and it would die. That's how helpless they were. And yet, of all the things Jesus could have been, just think, of all the things Jesus could have done with his life, with all the the wisdom and power and everything he had, he comes to shepherd sheep. I, I could... From my perspective, I couldn't think of a a worse thing to do with your life than shepherd sheep. And yet, Jesus comes as the good shepherd, the kind of shepherd that will lay down his life for his sheep. Because he loves the sheep. So what's the application this morning as we bring this to a close? I think it's very simple. You are sheep. I am a sheep. And you need a shepherd. If you're a sheep without a shepherd, you are in serious trouble. Sheep without a shepherd are in serious trouble. I'm talking about a shepherd who truly loves his sheep. A shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep. Because sheep without a shepherd, they will not survive. It's only a matter of time. And sheep without a shepherd will perish. Yesterday I shared in a a service for, uh, at a funeral service for uh, Brittany Johnson, who was married about 14 months, and her husband just passed away very suddenly, very short, quick, bout with cancer, and uh, they weren't expecting it at all. And one of the gals got up and, and she shared. And I was, just, I, was, I was there and I had been thinking about this message and I thought, wow, what do you do in a situation like this without a shepherd? What do I say to a family if I can't get up and say, you know what? There, there's a shepherd who laid down his life for you. There is a shepherd that can take care of this loved one even in this situation, even in facing this enemy of death. What do I have to offer a family if I can't offer them the shepherd? And so it just struck me, and one of the ladies got up and she had had a visit with, shortly before 
Vernon, uh, Brittany's husband, died. And she said, we had this great long discussion about, about this valley that we all have to walk through. And nobody can walk through it with us. Psalm 23 talks about the valley. It's called the valley of the shadow of death. Nobody can walk through that valley with you except the shepherd. And the great line in that, in that psalm, probably the best line in the psalm is, yea, you know it, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because why? Because thou art with me. So this is the shepherd. This is the shepherd. You know, there was a young boy, and he was in a Christmas program, and he was trying to memorize Psalm 23 because all the kids were getting this special, this special treat if they, could, if they could memorize a psalm. And this kid was only like five years old. It's pretty tough for a five-year-old to memorize Psalm 23. But he wanted to in the worst way, and he pleaded if he couldn't. And so all the ki- other kids got up, and, and he had a hard time memorizing anyway. He said, yeah, I, I know it, I know it. So he said, okay, you can get up. He got up, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need to know. <laughs> That's pretty profound. Because there are many times in life when that's all you know. You know, how do you know why after 14 months of marriage your husband dies? There's no answers to that. But if you know that the Lord is your shepherd, that's really all you need to know. You have to figure everything out. If you know the Lord is your shepherd, because if you know that, you know that even if you do something really stupid and break through that fence, he's going to come and find you. Or if you think there's greener pastures over there and you go over there and you are sicker than a dog, he will come and he will find you and he will lead you back. And if you face enemies that are way beyond you, he will be there to protect you. If you're helpless and you find yourself in a hole on your back and you can't get up, he will be there to lift you up. This is our shepherd, the good shepherd that came for sheep like you and me. Father, this morning, we thank you for coming Thank you for coming for sheep like us. And Lord, thank you that you are the good shepherd. Lord, there's never an action that you do that is not for the good of the sheep. Lord, sometimes we we learn that the shepherd would have to break the legs of the sheep. Not because he didn't like the sheep, but because... It's just what had to be done to save the life of the sheep. So Lord, we just trust you today that the things that you allow in our lives, that you are going to be sufficient for them, that you are going to be that shepherd in our lives. Father, I pray 
For anyone here this morning that can't say with confidence in their heart, the Lord is my shepherd. Father, through simple faith, through acknowledging our sinfulness, through believing that you came to die for us as sheep and that you laid down your life, and that through simple faith and trust and surrender of our lives to you, that we can begin to know you as a shepherd and that you will send your spirit into our lives to transform and change us and to minister to us as that shepherd. Father, that's the invitation for all of us this morning. Lord, you desire that all of your sheep would have a shepherd. And so, Lord, may that be the case this morning as we gather here. Father, thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your words to us today. Father, we pray now as we conclude, uh, just bless this offering. Father, and uh, thank you for this time. In, in Jesus' name, amen.